Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you to the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports friendly perspective. With pro handicappers Alex P. Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. It is Friday, May the 13th. Yeah, Friday the 13th. Hopefully that's not bad news for us on the betting board tonight uh, when you hear that. But uh, we are uh, great to be uh, back again on the Ice Guys, Friday, May the 13th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith with us, and our special guest today. The guests just keep on rolling pretty much every day since the playoffs have started. We are happy to welcome pro hockey player, played uh, Michigan Tech. Uh, in his college days as well. Uh, Ray Bryce joining us here as our special guest today on this Friday edition of the show. Uh, Ray, welcome to the Ice Guys. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to do this. This is my first uh, betting show, so be interesting. Exactly. And you were saying you were slumping in the NHL bet from a betting standpoint coming yeah. into today. So I just think I have bad luck in general. We're going to be the good luck charm. We're going to get things turned around for you now because you're on the uh, Ice Guys show. Uh, Alex, uh, welcome in. How are you? Well, pretty good. I'm coming to you live from what I'm now calling Choke City, uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, after what happened last <laughs> night. Just an absolute disgraceful performance by the Wild, uh, getting bounced by the St. Louis Blues. And, uh, you know, it's just been kind of quiet around town because everybody was just so amped up for this team to, to make some noise. Arguably the best season in Minnesota Wild history and just a disappointing exit for them. And uh, we're getting you know closer to the second round now. Obviously, we're going to have three game sevens on Saturday. We've got you know elimination games here tonight, so this is obviously always a fun part of the postseason when you get down to you know narrowing down who's going to you know, advance and who's going to be uh, going golfing the next week. Yeah, exactly. Hold the hold your thoughts on that Minnesota Wild team, Alex, because when we re- we recap last night's games, which we'll do in a few minutes, I've got a whole lot to say about that Minnesota Wild spineless gutless effort uh, that we saw from them the last two games. I've got oh a whole fucking lot to say about that. You can tell I'm just <laughs> not very happy uh, with that group right now. But first, as we always do, especially with a guest that's with us for the first time, we want to tee them up, introduce them. Uh, Ray, talk about how you got into hockey, what you've been doing in the past in terms of playing the game. I know you were at Kalamazoo ECHL uh, this past uh, season uh, playing pro. Uh, so just talk about the uh, hockey journey that it's been for Ray Bryce. Yeah, no, a um, little bit of a, you know, I'm Northern climate, so a little bit of a traditional journey, but untraditional. Um, nobody in my family played hockey, actually. My grandparents, um, mom, dad, none of them played hockey. And uh, they, my parents bought a house and down the street was an outdoor rink. And they uh, took me skating there one day and I loved it. I remember, I vividly remember, or barely remember that, I should say, barely remember skating there. Um, and then my dad kind of, he loves to ice fish. So he'd take me ice fishing and he would shoot a puck and I would go retrieve the puck and then go bring it back and he'd shoot it again. And he just fished the whole time. So I kind of learned to skate on a lake here in town. Um, we grew up actually next to Lake Superior. Uh, so when that would freeze over, it'd be awesome because it's glare ice and you can kind of skate forever. So did that, um, actually got into just house league hockey and mites. I remember, and then, uh, started to play travel hockey you know, I owe a ton to my parents are not uh, financially, you know, well off by any means. And, and they sacrificed a ton for me to be able to play travel hockey growing up and forever thankless to them. Um, and then I made the high school team here in town at just a Houghton High School, Michigan High School. Um, played four years there. Um, 
had a great coaching staff and a good support system there. Um, an awesome part, part about that is you're able to play free um, and ice five days a week and whatnot. So uh, that was huge help to my parents and whatnot. And then um, moved on to junior hockey. I played a year in Sault Ste. Marie in the Null, and the team ended up getting sold to New Jersey. Uh, so I drove this piece of shit uh, 2000 Buick Century out to New Jersey, ended up crashing it out there. <laughs> um, thank God my roommate lived in the uh, I needed to be put out of its misery anyway. Yeah. yeah. It, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hit a light pole. It's some, I, one of my least favorite junior hockey memories, but um, drove that out there and then um, played a year out there. And, and in January out there, early December out there, I ended up committing to come back to play at Michigan Tech. Um, Finished up my season there, came here and started training with the team, uh, and then played four years at Michigan Tech. Great experience um, playing in your hometown. You know, dream come true. I grew up watching this team here and and whatnot. And some, you know, they've got some guys in the NHL now that I watched, even when they're in the old WCHA. You know, coming in like Jonathan Taze is playing and and those guys. So it's pretty cool to be able to watch that in your hometown growing up, and then to be able to do that's unbelievable. And and you know, Michigan Tech is such a huge part of this community and it's it was uh it was a dream come true like i said so um after my senior year we ended uh covid obviously ended that my senior season ended in a gas station parking lot i don't know how many athletes can say that uh bus got turned around we were on our way to play uh msu mankato in round two um you know gut-wrenching kind of no no ending uh won our last game that's the only thing that we can say right like if you're, if you want to be a champion, you win your last game, but you know, nobody's really a champion in that situation. It's just the way things happen. And it kind of sucks, honestly, it's, you know, still, still you got a little pit in your stomach from that. And um, after that, I signed to go play a year in Kalamazoo uh, right out of college. Um, COVID canceled their season as well. They were planning on playing. The coast got delayed a little bit. Um, and I remember last year in this or 2020 in December, we got, we had a call with them and, they canceled their season. So I really had nowhere to go. And I ended up going to play in the SP, uh, kind of an experience there. Um, you know, the hockey was good. We actually had five guys this year that played on that team this year, uh, get called up or play on that team last year that got called up, uh, to the American league. So we had five call-ups. So it was pretty good hockey actually. And I ended up playing 14 games there and I got hurt and, you know, kind of crappy way to end my season. But, and then, uh, this year, you know, I signed back in Kalamazoo um, and then played there this year. Unbelievable experience. Um, probably the best career year for me in the last five years, six years, per se, you know, just with ice time and, and getting an opportunity to play and, and uh, a great organization, good facilities. Um, I don't think you're going to find much better in that league, which which was, which I'm really thankful for and, you know, fortunate to have that opportunity. And, um, you know, it's an exciting place to play. And they're one of eight teams, I think, in the coast where attendance actually went up from 2019, 2020 COVID year. So that's great. Uh, community was awesome and, and it was an exciting place to play. That's awesome to see that and hear that because yeah. it's funny. One of the big highlights from last night was actually not something from one of the NHL Stanley Cup playoff games. It was an AHL playoff game, Springfield. Joel uh, Hofer uh, ends up scoring a goal, a goaltender, scores an empty net goal. Uh, it was a great highlight. Great call, by the way, by the Got announcers. That. It backs up my opinion. The best announcers in hockey, the most passionate, are your AHL and your ECHL announcers. 
These guys go batshit crazy. Oh, what a goal! Can you believe that? <laughs> you know, they're absolutely going absolutely wild and uh, unbelievable. You have no pulse if you don't love this. They're just going absolutely wild. It was a great moment, but the crowd was awful. I mean, they panned back. They looked at the crowd and the attendance. It was shitty. It was horseshit. It was terrible. It's like there's nobody there. It was a Halloween costume party. Everybody dressed as empty seats. I mean, it was just absolutely awful to see that. And it's nice to hear, Ray, you say that about Kalamazoo, that the attendance actually went up and people are supporting because it's not easy these days. You're right, especially post-pandemic, to get the attendance and the support, especially for the lower-level pro leagues. Yeah, no, it's tough. And I honestly don't know. I think a lot of lower minor league teams get help from the NHL level because you do play in a place like Wheeling, they're getting 1500 a night, and you're like, how the hell are they paying these guys? Like, where's the money coming from? You know, it's got to be coming from Pittsburgh or wherever. Um, but yeah, there's some, but there's also some teams like you go to Toledo and they're getting 8,000 every night. So it's it's great to see you spot like that. You know, sometimes you, you don't know what you're getting when you have a, a minor league team and sometimes you hit a gold mine, right? So, yeah. And Ray, I was going to ask you that because playing with Kalamazoo, which is a, a minor league organization that's been in many different leagues over the years, going back 50, 60 years, and you being a Michigan kid, is that something that you were you know kind of looking forward to? Because I know that, that as far as minor league franchises go, they have a pretty rich tradition, like I said, uh, you know, have always been kind of community based. So, you, you know, that's always a good thing to see. And it said, is that something that really kind of drew you to signing with them as opposed to maybe another team in the coast or even playing in Europe or somewhere? Yeah, when I mean, when you're playing, uh, you know, you, you know, guys and, and whatnot. And when you're playing college, when I was a freshman, I didn't really think about playing pro. And, um, you know, one of our assistants at Tech, Chris Brooks, great, great coach that I had there. He has some connections all over pro hockey and, and he uh, he knows the coach there. Um, so that's how that connection kind of happened. Um, honestly, it's not something that I thought of because you just never know where you're going to end up. And, you know, in the minors, you can you're in one city one night and you're traded the next. So you, you don't know what's going to happen or what where guys are needed. And um, so I was fortunate to be like pretty close to home. I think that's the closest ECHL team to my house. Still nine hours kind of sucks, but um, it, it did work out the, I, you know, the way I wanted to and looking back in hindsight, you know, that's, that's what I would have wanted is to stay close to home and stay in Michigan. And now knowing the organization, which is, you know, with that rich tradition and, and community support, uh, definitely a place that I wanted to go. So, yeah, no question. Andrew McGinnis is with us now on this uh, Friday edition. Andrew, uh, welcome to the show. I just wanted to introduce you here. Welcome. People know you're here. And <laughs> you're having audio issues. That's Ray actually had some issues. We were testing his audio up before we fixed it. But yeah, uh, you're you're kind of taking us down memory lane to what we were dealing with before. Uh, we're having it uh, test audio. one, test two. There you got me, go. guys. We got you now. Yeah, we, we got right. it. Good. It is great to be here with uh, all three of you guys. Looking forward to breaking down today's games, and uh, uh, great to meet you, uh, Raymond. So, uh, looking forward to uh, hopefully, hopefully, a few more game sevens uh, getting scheduled yeah. on on Sunday, but maybe not all of them uh, as far as our bets go. But uh, crazy night last night, guys, in the NHL. Um, just it's hard not to be glued to your seat and glued to your yeah. sofa, you know, for five or six hours watching all these games and betting in-game overs and all that good stuff. So uh, I wanted to ask you, Ray, about I, I know a couple people that have played for the Hershey Bears organization. I've heard just like throughout the Capitals and just all throughout the minor leagues there. Have you, What have you heard about, about that organization uh, just from the top to down the bottom? I've heard it's just like a crazy barn there. 
Yeah, I, you know, I've only really seen – I know one guy that I think he played like four games there, um, but I've really only seen the uh, the teddy bear toss. Okay, yeah. What they're like famous for, obviously. Yeah. Famous so, there, teddy bear yeah. toss. I, I know our, one of our one of the goalies there, I think he actually just got called up today uh, to Washington, Copley. He played at Michigan Tech here, so I'd kind of follow them along and follow his stats. But I, I think I shot at him in high school once or twice, but I, I never really knew him. So I've actually never really heard much – about okay. that place. I heard the arena is like in the middle of nowhere kind of thing. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. In Pennsylvania, right? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I'm doing my research on the Michigan Tech alum from the last 50, 60 years. There's some impressive. A lot. Tony Esposito. I mean, yeah. you start oh, right yeah. there. John uh, Scott. Me. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, a pretty impressive list of former uh, players that were there uh, and, and people that had long NHL careers. Randy McKay. Who was with yeah. the Devils? I just went on Randy. Speaking of Randy McKay, his son and me are really close friends. I'm an usher in his wedding, and next month we just went on a bachelor party to uh, North Carolina with his son. So, was, and I, I know Randy pretty well. So that's that's funny you say that. Yeah, top two Stanley Cups. He had an unbelievable career. Yeah, still recovering actually, or what? How was the party? Oh, uh, it's great. It was great. <laughs> we we won't talk about that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Some things, yeah. Just uh, you got to keep it on the down low. Exactly. Yeah. Too hot for live, uh, live. Uh, for sure. <laughs> I already got the I already got the brashing from the bride, so it's all it's all right, I guess. There you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know it's a good shit. time. <laughs> good shit. Yeah. Now we just have one brief clip of Rave. I mean, obviously we've done a little memory lane thing, but we have just one brief clip. And I wanted to bring this up because it gives me a chance to rant about something. Uh, this was after a game when Ray played at Michigan Tech. Here we go. I just think we got to play a full sixty minutes there. A ten minute lapse in the second period. Um, pretty much lost us that game. I think. Uh, we got to be better systematically and structure-wise as well. All right. So anyway, it's a media scrum. That's that. It was, we, 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 the rest of it's just yada 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 uh, gibberish, as far as I'm concerned. But what makes me pissed off is, is I don't like it when the college players have to answer media questions. I don't like that. I've never liked that. The, the college athletes aren't getting like when you're in the NHL, you're in NFL, MLB. You know, you're getting paid a shit ton of money. You know, and media responsibilities and answering questions should be part of the deal. When you're a college kid, you're focusing on your studies. You're trying to play sports. You're trying to grow at both as a person and as an individual. You're not getting paid to play hockey. I mean, you're just trying to, you know, get you know, complete your program, graduate, play hockey. You're trying to pay off your tuition as well. And here you are. You have to answer the media, the same old, you know, and they, and they drill you with the same fucking Questions that'll make your head explode happen to answer them every goddamn day, like the NHL players. You know, the same old shit. They got to answer the question. Basically, the question asked of them three different ways, but it comes down to the same damn thing they're trying to get at with each question. And to me, I just don't love it. I don't think it's necessary. You know, it's Michigan Tech hockey. This ain't the Leafs, it's not Canadians, not it's not the pros. You know, I don't love the idea of the college students and the college athletes being asked questions and having to do media, you know, availability after the, and when they're not getting paid anything uh, for what they're doing. Uh, so that's just my rant with that. Uh, Ray, I'm sure you just, I'm sure your favorite part of playing at Michigan tech was the uh, media availability after the game, right? Yeah. I mean, I didn't mind it. Honestly, we played like in this town, there's like a town of 12,000. So people want to, they want to see the players and they want to hear what they have to say too. It's part of being, you know, and it also gets you ready for the next level when you do have to answer questions. So it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, you know, fortunate enough here, I know like the, the Gazette guys in town and the, and the reporters. So, 
you get to be buddies with them or whatever. So it, you know, it really wasn't the worst thing in the world. Um, something. I, mean, I, actually, nice. I like that. I like the answer. It didn't bother I, you. I, nice. I got a follow up question on that because I, I find that uh, I find that interesting because you know at different levels you get used to the media, right? Like it's when you're on the road, it's different than when you're at home, especially. Or obviously, there's traveling media, but I used to do some media stuff with uh, junior hockey here in uh, Halifax in Canada and. Everybody knows each other. The players know the guys asking the questions. So I'm sure that's, for the most part, unless you're an Edmonton Oiler, uh, a pretty good thing to already know the, uh, the the reporters. Do you find those questions, though, can get a little bit more like personal if the people know you versus if it's like someone that doesn't know you and it's a broad question and that kind of stuff? Or do you like the fact that, hey, I see this guy after every practice. It's going to be, you know what I mean? You trust them kind of to make you not look bad. Yeah, that, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that those guys are just trying to do their job too. Right. Like it's in, mm. in this small town, it's not like they're, you're not getting guys saying like, tell them that uh, Sheldon Keith, that Justin Hole is the worst defenseman on the ice or anything like that. So <laughs> they're not coming out for blood. They're, they're just doing Thank their God job. You don't have a fucking idiot like Steve Simmons to deal with. Yeah. Right? That guy's an idiot. <laughs> deal with like him, but don't get me but, going on him. <laughs> but um, no, I, I, and that's something like, it's also like you can say it sucks too and, and whatnot, but it's also a perk. You know, some of your buddies that never got the opportunity to play college hockey, they would they would kill for something to do like that or, or you know, get interviewed by the media after a game. So right. you just got to kind of take it with a grain of salt when you lose. And when you win, it's it's good. It's fun, right? Like you go in there and you're talking to the press and, you know, you talk about success of your team and, and whatnot, which is exciting. So uh, it's, got, it's got its ups and downs. And sometimes it does suck when you have to go in there and answer questions why you lost. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it's – just the way it goes. It is what it is. I just, uh, yeah. I interviewed I, a guy I, one I, time. I appreciate and, uh, the way you he said it sucks. It. Yeah. I interviewed a guy one time after a 5-3 junior loss, and he said, yeah, it sucks, man. I don't know what else to tell you. I was standing in front of him. Just had, It was an iPhone, quick interview. I had my iPhone like this. I said, like, tell me about how you're feeling right now. He goes, I don't know what to say, man. It sucks. <laughs> and then he walked away. I, I do remember <laughs> one stupid question I got. and It, it was like, it, I think it was a sophomore we were playing our rivals and it was like the the media station in town and they asked like every time we had awesome crowds and great fan support here at michigan tech and i remember them asking something about you know the crowd is big how does that what what do you think of the crowd or something uh, i was like really like it just completely threw me off as they're asking me about that like we knew it's gonna be a great crowd and like obviously it's unbelievable every night. Like we, it's like a staple of this program. What do you mean? What do you, what I think of the crowd? Like it's awesome, <laughs> but they, they were in a way that made it sound like re- it wasn't a great question. You know, like the way I were, was a little bit different, but the, the way they asked it, I was like, I just looked at them. I was like, really? I can't they asked asking. it like a yes, no question where they actually put no on the table as a potential yeah. answer, which right. is insane. Yeah. No, we didn't really think much of this crowd. It was a terrible crowd. Brutal. Yeah. Did they really think you're going to say that. <laughs> I mean, I'll, yeah, I agree. That's a, that's a weird one. Uh, there's no doubt. But at least you're, you're right. Uh, uh, Steve Simmons' incident the other night was totally ridiculous. Uh, and I like what Joe Bowen, the great voice of the Leafs, said the next night when Justin Hall cleared the zone. It was a critical clearance of the puck late in the game when they were protecting that one goal lead in game five. He said, worst defenseman, my foot. Uh, that was definitely a dig uh, at uh, Steve Simmons. So well done uh, by Joe Bowen. That's a uh, obviously that's an ass hat. That's all he is. And he embarrassed himself uh, once again, uh, but uh, great stuff. So there's the background of Raymond uh, Bryce uh, talking about his hockey uh, a little bit and what he's done over the years. Now it's time to get into the good stuff. NHL playoff action uh, from last night. We'll recap the uh, four games 
Uh, we'll start off, obviously, uh, with Carolina and Boston. And look, uh, it's been a homer series here. Uh, Boston, uh, credit to them, uh, took advantage of uh, the opportunities that were given. And to me, the story of the game was the Boston Bruins penalty kill. It was magnificent. Uh, they killed off a critical five-on-three in the second period, uh, which really, when they were up one nothing, uh, and then, of course, they scored on the power play they got right after that. And it basically, that was when you sensed that, hey, they're going to win this game and we're going to go to game seven in Raleigh. Uh, so give the Bruins credit. Uh, and that was one game where they actually, for the first time, I think at five on five, even strength, they they met, they met were the match of the Carolina Hurricanes. I think Carolina at times has outplayed them five on five in this series, but uh, a lot of this series. But Boston was very good in that regard. They capitalized on the power play after they killed the five on three uh, and they end up getting a five. Uh, to two victory in that game. Again, a third period in an elimination game where the scoring explodes. Uh, last night, 2-1-1, one, and one, by the way, with the third period over. Worth mentioning that if you bet over two, that is, which is what I did uh, before uh, each game last night, two wins, one loss, and one push. The wins were Boston, Carolina, L.A., Edmonton. The loss was Toronto, Tampa Bay. That one stayed under in the third, and there was a push with Minnesota uh, and St. Louis. So, Bruins uh, get, get the job done, force game seven there. Uh, Andrew, I know that's a series that you and I were invested in with Carolina, but uh, game we're seven, here we go. Alex. And we're Alex is still with alive Alex. with Boston, so <laughs> we're going head-to-head. -head. Someone's winning in this series here on the ice, guys. Yeah, I think uh, – I can't remember the last time I cashed an overbet like that. You know, uh, I, I – you know, obviously – as someone that gives out plays, um, not everybody can bet the third period over. So I can't just tell people, Hey, wait till the second period always. But I did both, you know, I had a pre flop, uh, over six bet plus one Oh five. And then I took over four and a half live in that game and cashed that. What a crazy third period that is. And I try and tell people this, if you have an over, there's no point in losing your shit after 10 minutes in the first period. They're not being a goal because the first period is yeah. when you're going to get the best defensive effort. And I've been saying this, I feel like it's kind of like soccer where if you have, you know, a, a strategy defensively coming in, the second that that first goal gets scored, some of that stuff changes. The urgency level changes, the the tempo changes. Maybe the, the team that was dumping chasing, they're not chasing anymore. They got to carry the puck in. They might change things around a little bit. And that's kind of what we saw a little bit. And then you throw in the empty net goals. Things change, but I got to say, that was a pretty crazy over to have cashed. I mean, I was happy with the push at one point in that. And for one more empty netter to go in, uh, I, I got to donate some more money at, at church this weekend if I do go. But <laughs> but uh, no, that was pretty crazy. But looking forward to it. Then the Leafs game. Look, I, I don't... I don't want to spend too much time talking about it, but that's just unbelievable. I mean, plus 200 ticket caches gave it out before the uh, series started on the ice guys for the series to go seven. Um, I'm on the lightning to win the series. Yeah, we all did. We all liked the series at plus 200 and it wasn't really the best odds, but it's, it's there for a reason. Look, Leafs fans can blame the referees all they want, but uh, you got to overtime. You had several chances to capitalize what an overtime that was. And we're off to game seven, but if you told the Leafs players that they're going to have a game seven at home, a chance to move on prior to the series, they probably would have said, all right, sign me up. We got home ice and they have played well at home. So the only thing I'll say, cause I'm not going to be, I might not be on the show tomorrow. Um, I have, my brother has a graduation I have to go to, but they went, they, the Leafs came back in back to back games. So you can look at it from two, 
two things. Wow, great job for them to come back in back-to-back games. Or if they go down again at home in, in game seven, are they going to be able to come back again? So yeah. it's tough. And but One thing I'd, I'd be happy with the Leafs too right now, their star players have actually been pretty good for them. Whereas yes. in previous playoff series, they haven't. And like Austin Matthews answered the bell the other night when that comeback. Yeah. You know, like to score there on that rebound, great play by Marner off the pad. But, you know, those guys have answered the bell. In, I agree. in previous series, they haven't. Yep. I agree. They're they're playing and I, and uh, Ray, I'm a Habs fan. So uh, last year, I was uh, I was pretty pumped up with with them not yeah. answering the bell. Uh, to your point there, but you know, I I always talk about how important depth is. But to your point, I think the game seven is going to be about which which teams' top guys show up. I always am the guy that says secondary scoring is so huge, but I think in game seven it will be. Does Kucherov score? Does points score? Do these guys get involved, or do Matthews and Marner have a big game? But and then Edmonton, what an effort from them late in the game. Jonathan Quick is human, um, but I still, I, I still think it's going to be a really, really tight closeout to that series, a hundred percent. But don't count out the better defensive team with a rock solid goaltender and and a guy like Philip Deneau that led the Habs last year. But I think it's going to be a great, great game seven altogether. All no doubt it will be. Uh, no doubt. I'll just hit on briefly the three games, and then I'll let Alex talk about them and Ray talk about them. But quickly about Toronto-Tampa Bay. All I have to say is you want to know why a team and a fan base has been tortured for 18 years. They fall behind early. They come back 3-2. They're having a brilliant start to that third period. Tampa Bay didn't do anything for like the first 10 minutes of the third when the Leafs were up 3-2. And then all of a sudden, penalty happens. And then Alex Kerfoot in just a one-on-one battle with Victor Hedman just the stick gets up in the face and a five on three happens. It's just, you cannot give a team like Tampa Bay a five on three, you know, at that stage of the game, when you're trying in a closeout game, when you're up by one on the road with about 10 minutes to go in the third period. And sure enough, with the five on three Kucherov scores, ties the game. Uh, of course, a million and the game six overtime last night, Leafs and lightning. It was much like the Montreal overtime last year against Toronto. Toronto's dominating the overtime million chances can't put a puck past Vasilevsky last night just like they couldn't put a puck past Carey Price last year uh, in game six and then Montreal came down with that one chance game six last year scored on it and we went to game seven in Toronto same thing last night Braden Point the really one of the few if any only chances Tampa Bay had they put it in uh, and they end up winning game six and it's that's what you get with this Leafs team somehow somehow Braden Point's an elite playoff player. Like I, I don't care what you say. That guy's, that guy's worth every penny that they pay for him. It, it yeah. doesn't matter. Like an elite playoff player. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about. And that. I think people put so much emphasis on goals and assists. Like I hate that. Obviously, you got to yeah. perform. But to your point, what what he brings to the team, regardless of a goal or an assist. I think is second to none. I mean, it's, it's irreplaceable what he brings to the team and, and he's a 200 foot player. I think he, right. he plays both ends of the ice. When he gets that puck crossing over the opponent's blue line, you know, it's it, his drive and his want for that pocket, even when he chips it in is, is incredible. Like when he cuts back, it, he, he's got those puck skills in, in the corner battle skills, like not being a huge guy out there, but he can, he, he can sure defend that puck pretty well when he's got like nobody's taking it from him and he's and he's getting it back when he doesn't have it and he outworks you more often than not that's the right yeah just, just outwork you for sure and 
when yeah, when it comes to the Leafs, I mean, here we go again, right? We're going to game seven. Everybody's on edge. Are we? Oh, here we go again. Is this really going to happen again? I like their game for a lot of it last night. This is not now. Last year, don't forget against Montreal in Game Seven, that was pathetic from the Toronto Maple Leafs last year. <laughs> that was a horrendous Game Seven. Like they deserved to lose that. They were just completely and utterly dominated by Montreal. There was nothing good to say about that Game Seven last year. I expect a totally different Leaf team tomorrow night. But that doesn't mean they're going to win the game. All it takes is one bad penalty like last night at the wrong time to give them the five on three. All it takes is one bad bounce of the puck. The Leafs have been an 18-year collection. Of, they've been the, basically for the last 18 years. I said this earlier today with the Pub Sports Radio show I did. The Leafs for the last 18 years are the lemony snicket of the NHL. A series of unfortunate events always seems to plague them. And that's what we're seeing right now. Once again, Ray probably thinks we just hate the Leafs. He's looking at us like, "Holy shit, what's wrong with these guys?" No, I, I actually was going to bring up the point. At this point, I just think it's funny. Like, I almost want them to lose again. Just like I was talking to my buddies last night, they're like, ah, "I think like going to the second round and then seeing them lose is, would be like cool." I'm like, at this point, like I just laugh at it. Like it's it's funny to watch. Like, because you go on Twitter and if you like have a Twitter following like, hockey and whatnot, and you follow hockey, uh, like Leafs take up. 25% of the 32 team coverage and oh, yeah. just to see Twitter's head explode. Like, I love it. It's, it, it makes so, me laugh. Like Ray, I just I, want to see him lose again. And so I, Ray, I, I like I Tampa too. Of being a Leafs troll, like I, on Twitter, like people know, like I, it's hilarious. And like, I have people messaging me like, they're like, dude, you tweet more about the Leafs than, than the Habs. Like what's wrong with you? I was like, cause you're up in my engagement. Like you're just, <laughs> you're responding to me. And like a lot of my buddies, cause I, I live in Halifax is we don't have a pro team. Right. So, Around here, it's either like Habs, Leafs, or Bruins. A lot of my good buddies are Leaf fans. And in a group chat we're in, where it's not hockey fans, like basketball, NBA fans, soccer fans, they're purposely just cheering against the Leafs just to like just to mess with my, my Leaf buddies. And the Leaf guys hate it, man. It's kind of like what you said. Like, it's literally comical. Like, when that game went to overtime, I didn't have a bet on that game until it went to overtime. I was like, nah, I'm, I'm throwing some money on Tampa. Yeah, I, I mean, I just think like, just the way that like the fan base puts the pressure on them doesn't help one bit. I it's like that's yeah. obvious knowledge. Like, but now everyone's like, oh, it's gonna happen again. When your fan base is thinking that you're gonna lose again, like that sure doesn't <laughs> help, you know. And and I think if I'm Tampa Bay, I'm playing as hard as I can for the first five to ten minutes and seeing how many I can get and seeing if I can just shut the crowd up right away and I can maybe get two three, two three in the first fifteen, you know, and, and get a good start in that building it might take the life out of them and, and you might have the game right there in the first period. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with that. And that's something that Tor Toronto should have tried to do last night, getting on the board early to take that Tampa Bay crowd out of it. They couldn't do that. And then of course you get the, the Tampa Bay goal late in the first period. And like I said, that just kind of just adds that momentum. And, you know, we, we talk about how home ice doesn't always meet the end all be all in a series, obviously, but when you get down to these game sixes and obviously game seven, of course, that that's really what you're playing for with your, your home ice advantage. It's game one and game seven. Uh, so, you know, now the fact that that's, you know, it is in, in Toronto's court, it's not exactly an advantage because that crowd is going to be on pins and needles. And if, like I said, if they get down early, uh, who knows? And I kind of, you know, half-heartedly joked about it yesterday. I said, you know, Toronto, you know, they, the city better be on high alert because if they lose this game tomorrow, especially with the way they <laughs> lost game six, they don't tell them what the hell's going to happen, you know, uh, afterward. Because, I mean, 
year after year of this, and we're not talking about just this is a team that sneaks in. People in the chat can't talk about, well, how, how is it that they're choking against the back-to-back champions? Well, no, it's not just because they're playing the back-to-back champions. It's because year after year, Toronto's a top-tier team. They're not yeah. just a team that sneaks into the wild card. With expectations. Yeah, there's expectations of them. They win divisions, yeah. but, yes, they can't They can't get out of the first round. That It's absurd in any sport. In any sport, you would call a team that does that a choking team. And that would exactly be the fit the fitting case with Toronto. Should they? Lose I wouldn't. Them. I wouldn't be surprised though if, if they do win this. Like now they've got some some swagger to them. Like they go in the next series, they're probably gonna you know, this is our year type mantra and start rolling. I wouldn't be surprised if they make a run. Oh, know, I've like, been saying it, that for a while. If they get over this hump, it's a, they're a whole yeah. different team. Yeah, but I mean, it's downhill, right? You just you know, guys. I find it funny, like the the quotes from Sheldon Keefe right now, even. It's kind of like if somebody says something like, are you trying to convince us or are you trying to convince yourself? And like all he keeps on saying is like, our locker room is just dripping with confidence. We have no lack of it's like, dude, like you don't need to try and convince us that like the media is asking him questions like that. But like, who are you trying to convince us or yourself? You know, that's kind of what I but I want to say. go, Go ahead. I commend him though. Like he's got a really hard job. He's probably the hardest to answer to outsiders, like in the NHL. You go coach in Arizona, no one like you lose what <laughs> sixty games. No one really cares. Does anybody like, notice? Yeah, right. Yeah, Does anybody play notice? Play a college hockey rink next year. Yeah, but you, actually, this guy loses one in game forty-three of the regular season, and he's got to answer to three hundred people. Yeah, you know right. so. I, I, say, I don't blame right? him I heard it's going to be a party there next year. I I know someone that plays for the Coyotes, and I heard it's going to be – I heard ASU is going to be just bumping. So, albeit there's not going to be that many fans, I heard it's going to be a, a party. We took a trip there in college, and it like it, we played out there. That place is unbelievable. I wouldn't like, want to go to that college if I was uh, in a relationship. I'll put it that way. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be out of one in a hurry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. Our briefly on the Oilers cuz we'll get to today's games. We got to get today's games, three games. We got people wondering. We'll get there. Hold your horses. We got to recap last night, but Oilers just briefly cuz I don't have a lot to say there. Great job. You know, Mike Smith was fantastic. Can we get off his back for a little bit? Uh McDavid and Drysidle terrific. A bad beat in that game for me was Kyler Yamamoto not getting a goal or a point. That guy had a million chances unbelievable opportunities to get a goal, get a point. Uh, it didn't happen. Uh, but the Oilers credit to them dug down, went on the road, did what they had to do, force a game seven uh, against the LA Kings. And we'll wrap up with the blues and the wild. Cause I've got a lot to say about the Minnesota wild here. This was a spineless gutless team for two games in a row. And to think of just the misery of this city of Minnesota, and it's not just the wild anymore. We're talking twins baseball. We're talking Vikings football. We're talking Timberwolves basketball. We're talking wild hockey. This city is a collective puke job when it comes to the playoffs and the postseason. A collective, a collective just choke it all away and get nothing done uh, in the playoffs. And for this team, that it was all set up nicely for them. You went out and you got Marc-Andre Fleury to stabilize the goaltending. Him and Cam Talbot should have been a duo good enough to get you a series win. Where is this five-on-five offense? I mean, for, I can't even blame Kaprizov, and I'm not going to blame him. He had a terrific series. What all of a sudden happened, and Erickson Eck was solid, what happened to Hartman's offense? Where the hell did Kevin Fiala go in this series? Couldn't find him with a telescope uh, on the ice uh, in this series. You know, they're off, a lot of their key offensive players uh, evaporated. 
the defense broke down left and right. They couldn't stay out of the box. Hey, Dean Everson, maybe work on the penalty kill in between games. It never got any better. The St. Louis Blues just, just destroyed you with the power play uh, in this series. And it happened game in, game out, time and time again. Craig Berube, give him credit. Uh, you know, he made the adjustment early in the series, too, that his own goaltending change, going back to the guy he won a Stanley Cup with, Jordan Binnington, uh, instead of Billy Huso, and Binnington regained a lot of that form. Uh, it was a really good three games for Binnington, and I definitely give him a lot of credit for that. And all I can say for the Minnesota Wild is these poor – and I shout out to Terry Edelman, uh, our, our great viewer and uh, fan of the show, listener, devoted Minnesota Wild fan. You let him down. And you embarrassed him, and you embarrassed this entire fan base with those last two games. I mean, to not only be lose those games and not even be in the games uh, in the third period, including on your home ice, just absolutely dreadful for the Minnesota Wild. A lot of expectations to at least get out of the first round. They couldn't do that. Oh, and by the way, guys, you think this is bad? Another early exit in the playoffs? Have fun trying to have success next year when the Western Conference is going to be even tougher, when you're going to have $12 million of your salary cap tied up in those two relics that you're buying out, Ryan Suter and Zach Parise next year. Yeah, they're going to be on the books next year. $12 million. $12 million tied up in those two guys that aren't even with the team anymore. So good luck trying to make that team better and trying to make that roster even better next year for another long The Blues are also run. a good team, though. Let's not make it sound like they they just choked that big. I thought the entire time the 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 odds just weren't what they should be. No, no, but the, the let's Blues not let's great. not let's not make it. Let's not just take every every bit of credit away from the Blues. The Blues were good, absolutely. But for Minnesota, think, this is horribly disappointing. And now it's going to be tough. They got to pay those two old geezers now that are on the books from a buyout standpoint. And good luck now trying to bring in someone at the trade deadline or trying to sign someone in the offseason to put you over the top. And look, Colorado ain't going anywhere. Calgary ain't going anywhere. Edmonton, what about one of these teams that missed the playoffs? Vancouver, some you know, some of these teams that missed the playoffs that are maybe better next year. You don't think Vancouver will be better with a full year maybe under Boudreaux? I mean, for Minnesota, the road's going to get tougher for them next year. Yeah, Ray, go ahead. Well, I was just saying, I, I think like Minnesota had a really good run in the in the regular season that, that got them into that playoff spot. And they just over, it was just overhyped. Like I, and something about these playoffs and, and putting on a sweater, it's a culture thing too. I think it comes to that. Like when you put on like a, a blue sweater, they've recently won. There's guys there that like respectable playoff runs, won cups there, Bennington, you know, like he's been the backbone there yep. for a couple of years now. He won himself a job through heart and soul. Like those guys, you play for those. But like you look at Minnesota, you know, you got Flurry unbelievable like maybe your backbone of your team but then who like who else has won a a cup there that's like big time name in, in the cup run you know what i mean like they're i thought minnesota just lacked experience and they lacked you know you got delorier who they traded for a tough guy but i think they need to show more toughness and bully st louis a little bit more and they didn't do enough of that especially in those last two games yeah, and you make a good point, Ray, about that. You know, obviously, and, and that was the biggest thing we talked about with Minnesota throughout the year was that there was a culture change, a culture shift. This had been a franchise that really hadn't known much, much about winning uh, in their previous 20 years of existence. And so this was the group to try to build onto something and, and, and make something happen and, and make a change for, for you know, hell, everything. Like you said, not, not just the, 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 the team itself, but hell, the city as well. And, you know, to have that, kind of an exit in the postseason 
you know, you get outscored 15 to five in the last three games. And okay, fine. It, it, even an, an audit on the defense being a, a bit shaky at the end, Flory obviously getting older and, and he showed some, some, some steps some missteps in, in some of those games. Cam Talbot, who now is going on the right saying he was upset that he didn't get a shot to play before game six because he was on a 13 and three run during the regular season. Even with that, fine, but this is a team that their offense was electric. They had scored, you know, five-plus goals in about 25 different games during the regular season. So even if you had to, you know, switch up and say, hey, you know what, they're, they're taking it to us offensively. Well, let's just make this a track meet. That's the way we, we've been able to win half the games during our regular season. They had the ability to do that on paper. They just could not put that into motion on the ice. And, and that that's the the really kind of sad part about that whole thing. And like I said, now you look forward, the salary cap handi- handicaps you're going to have the next two, three seasons – you know, you got Kaprizov signed signed for a while, but hell, if, if they can't win at some point, you know, the rumblings of whether he gets moved down the line to try to free space, other guys getting moved, they're, they're going to have to deal with, with things that most teams don't have to deal with until they've had cap issues because they've won games, they've won series, and they've won Stanley Cups. The fact yeah. that they haven't won anything and now have to deal with that trouble, it, it, it's, it's really true. concerning uh, for that franchise moving forward, trying to build off of something. Uh, and I think – an no track meet can like they say defense wins championships. It couldn't be true, right? Like, yeah, you're not going to win. And I don't think like Toronto or go back to Edmonton. I'm sorry, those two guys are paying those two guys so much money to be in a track meet. Like, you're going to have to start spending money on guys. Like Crosby takes a pay cut because they need more depth, right? Like they they start winning cups. You you're going to have to need defensive guys. And I think that's why LA is doing so. Going back to that series, doing so good against Edmonton because. And no one expects that because they have depth and they have guys that can play defense and are willing to, you know, pay the price. Or you're not going to win a track meet in the playoffs unless you're just bar, bar, that much better than everyone else. And no team in today's NHL is that much better than anyone else. The Gretzky, Messier days are over. Yeah, it's and Alex, unbelievable. He, he, Alex was hundred thousand percent right, not a hundred, a thousand percent right. When you have salary cap issues, you usually have at least a conference final or a Stanley Cup final or a Stanley Cup championship after the years that you built up to be in a situation now where you're up against the cap. Kind of Toronto's in that same spot. That's why it's so important for them to make a deep run this year. For Minnesota, they're in salary cap purgatory next year. $12 million in those two guys that they bought out, Suter and Parise, that you could have used to improve the team. They're tied up in these guys that you had to buy out. And that's going to clog up your cap next year. And all you've got coming off of that in a year where you're going to be hamstrung by the cap is a first-round exit. That's terrible. That's a terrible situation for the Minnesota. And Bill Guerin, we're going to find out what kind of GM he is because he's going to have to be a wizard uh, next year to try to make this team even better with the cap restraints uh, going against him. All right, there we go. That's the uh, last night uh, recap. Let's get into tonight. We've got a Three great games on tap. Game six matchups. We'll start with the New York Rangers and Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Rangers minus 130 road favorites. Six the total in this one. Uh, Pittsburgh up 3-2 in the series. Uh, you know, I'm going to be brief with analysis here in these three games because we've gone over and over. It's in that sixth game in the series. I've gone over so many of the same talking points. We know Pittsburgh has really ruffled the Ranger defense in this series. Has Igor Shosturkin been as good as we want? No, but he's been abandoned at times. But what I like about the Rangers and Shosturkin in particular, the defense clamped down with the lead in game five when they had to to force this game six, hang on for that victory. It's a step in the right direction, right? 
for a team and a defense and a goaltender that's kind of struggled against this Penguins offense in this series. And of course, the big news is Sidney Crosby ruled out tonight for game six. He won't play. We know what a turning point that was in game five. You know, Rangers came back with the three goals. Really, it was after he left the game. Now can Pittsburgh rebound? Uh, you know, we often see a lot of times with the star player, and Ray can talk about that when he breaks down this game, that sometimes that first game without the star player, everybody rises up to the occasion. They do a bit more, and they overcome the loss of that player. But it won't be easy. The Rangers got a little momentum going. I've got the Rangers in the series. I bet it before the series started, so I'm not going to add on. I'm just going to hope the Rangers win tonight. Uh, and force game seven. I do like the over at six. I'm not going to, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Five and O to the over in this series. Although there is some thought that without Crosby, that's going to really make the Penguins suffer a little bit offensively, which could be true. But if it ain't broke, don't fix it for me. And certainly the third period over, I'll say that again, just like yesterday, I'll be on the third period over uh, in every game tonight, including this one over two in the third period. I got that, I think at around minus 155 at BetMGM. So uh, there you go. Over two, third period, over six for the full game. That's what I'm uh, looking at here. And I'm just going to root for the Rangers as someone who bet them uh, before the series started to win the series. Alex, what do you think? Yeah, and this is – I'm, I'm grateful I didn't bet anything uh, in the series because this is one I, I've, I've been able to attack it in-game. I've been able to kind of go game by game. I hit with the first period over and now transitioning to the third period over. I also want to keep in mind, too, that because these third period overs, they they're moving – we're seeing these numbers with two. We're not seeing a two and a half in another game we'll talk about. It's important to probably bet these things a day early. I bet it yesterday at minus 140. As Ian mentioned, it's now $1.55 up to $1.60 in some places. So if at that price, I would only recommend trying to look for a live over uh, in game, which is something that, you know, you can kind of attack maybe easier depending on what book you use. But as far as, you know, Sidney Crosby being out of this game, like I said, I, I said I'm doing a, a radio show yesterday. I think, it meant more to the Penguins to lose him in the middle of the game than it does to lose him before a game. That tide we saw turn uh, once he got knocked out and the Rangers scored three unanswered, that's the, the shift that he has out of that lineup. But when they're already planning for him to be out of the lineup, which they've done often, keep in mind in 17 seasons he's played a full 82 games once. He has played 80 or more games five times in 17 seasons. He's often been injured. He's had concussion issues. He's had other other issues. So this is a team that has been able to embrace the next man up mentality when he's not in the lineup, or even when Evgeny Malkin, another guy who's been often injured, has been out of the lineup. So we talked about it. I said it yesterday with Boston about how they said, you know, teams that have that winning pedigree find ways to to dig deep in games where even if they aren't the better team, they show out and and, and you know end up with the victory on on the scoreboard. It's the same thing with Pittsburgh. Uh, it's a team that they've been there before, and a lot of those core guys are still around. Uh, that's the difference between them and the New York Rangers in the series. The Rangers had the better season. They have the better goaltender. Uh, they've had more hype behind them, but Pittsburgh still finds ways to win without their stars every night. They have those secondary scores. They have those guys that can step up. And when you talk about late series heroics, game sixes and game sevens, oftentimes it's guys that you know fall by the wayside. It's not always their, their, their top scorer or, or your leading point guy it's always you know it's usually a fourth line guy or, or a guy who maybe came over in a trade that stepped up and gets a, a big goal or a big assist uh you know makes a big hit so those are the the key performances you see in playoff series and teams that win playoff series i think pittsburgh's in a great spot here to, to wrap this up uh and the fact that we've seen this number go up from 105 to plus 110 i like pittsburgh here so I grabbed them. At, I have them at plus one hundred five. I have the second, the third period over. Excuse me, at two minus a dollar forty. 
uh, and I would be looking for some live uh, scoring opportunities as well. I think, and I think the pressure has really kind of mounted on Igor Shosturkin as well. Uh, you know, he's a Hart Trophy finalist, and what are the odds now that all three guys who are nominated for the Hart Trophy could easily be bounced out uh, yeah. in the next 48 hours, you know, and, and not advance to the second round? That it, It's absurd to think, but, you know, it shows you that this is a true team game. You know, as great of an off uh, year you can have, be it goaltending or, or offensively, uh, everybody had to come collectively together to win 16 games in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So you're saying in the second round we might see a lack of heart coming up. Uh, but that's <laughs> yes. not funny. That's yes. not funny. <laughs> yeah, rim shot. All right, Andrew, uh, you're next up. What do you think, Rangers, Penguins? Well, I was going to say, I remember last year we saw, like, what was it, like the top 10 highest paid players in the league were out in the first round or something like yep. that. I mean, it's a team game. You know, it's completely different. Look, I'll, I'll say this. Look, I have Pittsburgh again. Like, I'm high on them. I have them for futures and, and serious stuff like that. But I really, I, I don't have much to say after what Alex said. He did a great job breaking things down. I, I think that what he said there about Crosby is 100% true. Look, I, I'm, I'm a Crosby fan. Being from the East Coast, I, I hope he's all right. But I think that him leaving the game in the middle of the game, you saw. I mean, anybody that watches that game, whether or not you're a Rangers fan or a Penguins fan, that game changed when Crosby left. And it's not just about his skill. It's about you have to make up those minutes. You ever see a, a point guard go out in the NBA in the third quarter? That team's going to get demolished in the fourth because there's no plan. As far as it goes right now, there's a plan. And Alex talked about it. There's been several, several times where they've had to, you know someone else slot in and then they've been fine. So I think that whoever you like in this series, that's fine. But you ha- everybody has to recognize it's a way bigger deal that Crosby was out during the middle of a game versus giving, you know, coach Sullivan some time to plan ahead and, and slot in people and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, I'm just kind of cheering on my, uh, my bet as far as the pan, the penguins go in this game here. I do think they can get the job done. Cause I still just respect how deep of a team they are. Um, but I'm just going to kind of sit on the sidelines for the rest of it. But um, I just wanted to mention that I think that they'll be a lot better off without Sid before the game than versus losing him during a game. During the game, right, absolutely. And one player prop I want to throw out there, and uh, Ray, this is a player prop angle that I use a lot with betting uh, at at any time. The player that's moving up the lineup that is going to get more ice time, an increased role, power play minutes, all of that stuff. That's Evan Rodriguez tonight for Pittsburgh. He's going to be on the second line. He's going to get number one power play duty. He had five shots on goal the last game. So whether it's shots on goal, whether it's to collect a point, whether it's to score a goal, I think all of those player props on Evan Rodriguez for Pittsburgh, they are worth a look tonight in this game. And I'd probably come back to Lafreniere for the Rangers because I've liked his game in this series. Ray, what do you think here? Game six, Rangers-Penguins. Yeah, you know, Allison uh, did a great job of recapping what went on I, I like they said i'd rather lose uh you know a guy after the game and, and know he's not ready to go the next night in mid game game changed completely around um the rangers took it over you know the pens were able to get one within 13 seconds Gensel scored that goal but then you saw Gensel and uh malkin run into each other and you never see that with crosby and Gensel. you know those two are always knowing that where each other are on the ice and um this is a tough one for me because I, I really did think Pittsburgh was going to win this and run away with it if they didn't, if something didn't happen. Um, they've kind of been a Cinderella story, though, and the same thing happened five years ago. Crosby was out in the uh, Stanley Cup finals, and they ended up winning the Cup. I, I don't remember which game he missed, but um, they rallied around him. Malkin and Crosby were out at the start of the year. 
Carter stepped up. You're going to have those guys stepping up. Um, you know, they got it, but they've got to play good defense. They've got their third string goalie in right now. Um, you know, and they're missing Mata back there. Who's a big, big out for them. Uh, so it's a toss up really, but they're playing at home and Mike Sullivan's going to have a chess match matchup on his hands. Um, you know, if the Rangers can play a, a hard game and consistently throw their body at them and wear them down, I think the Rangers might come out on top, but playing at home, I, I got to stick with Pittsburgh. And I think Malkin, you know, Malkin has always stepped up because he, he, he does like the limelight, but he, he doesn't get it much, right? Like, cause Crosby always has, has the spotlight on him. So when he can step up and have the spotlight on him, I think he does a good job. And I think he'll step up big time. And that's a, that, that'll be a good player prop, you know, maybe go one more than, than he usually, than he usually does. And, and maybe up his shot total a little bit because he's going to be shooting a Gensel, Gensel shoots the puck well, but Russ is a great distributor and, and those guys can distribute the puck. Gensel can also distri distribute the puck because he knows Malkin is going to be a shooter as well. So, um, you know, I like his shot totals. I, th I think you can bet that. And um, I like that over at six too, because you got Deving in that who, you know, if the Rangers do win, it could be a landslide. So, um, you know, when they start rolling and, and the Penguins just may just pack it in and wait till game seven and see if they can have Crosby back. But um, I like that over six, but I'm going to stick with my, my Pittsburgh bet. I, I think, you know, I think they're going to show up. They've got heart. They've got culture. Um, they know what it takes to win. They've got veteran guys there. Chris Letang on the back end. Um, they, they've got guys that, that know what they're doing. So I, I think they'll pull it off tonight and hopefully send the Rangers golfing. Nobody talks about this enough, or at least I know I haven't on this show, guys. Brian Dumoulin's missed the last few games for the yep. Penguins, and he's a terrific defenseman for them. And we've always talked about how steady he is. I think uh, I said Matt. I think it was Dumoulin. Yeah. 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 Matt is with, uh, who's he with now? I yeah. I, I missed yeah. Q there. He used to play there. Yeah. That's, that's okay. Same um, uniform number. That's what you're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, Brian Dumoulin's been a big absence and Pittsburgh's been able, and they're up three, two in the series, even without him. So uh, there we go. They've been able to uh, withstand that. So I like Rodriguez props, Lafreniere props. You're right. Malkin is going to center that top line. Now, uh, maybe he becomes more involved, certainly scoring goals wise. We'll see if that's the I, case, but I'll uh, say one, I'll say one thing too, and, and yeah. a player prop, but not, it's more of a future. If you like Pittsburgh to win this series and you think they're going to at least make a run, through the you know the Eastern Conference possibly to the Cup final. Now's the time to grab Jake Gensel at twenty eight to one over at DraftKings for to be the Conn Smythe Trophy winner because he's on a tear right now. Yep. If they do advance, it's going to be based on on him. So uh, if you're looking for a future, don't grab the Penguins to win the Cup. Uh, your better shot would be to grab Gensel twenty eight to one. That's if they they win this series, that's probably going to get slashed in half to maybe fourteen or even twelve. That's he's so point. underrated too on that team because of yep. the guys he plays with. Yep. Just an all-around team team guy. Great slot in for, for the Penguins. Seven goals already. Crazy. I, I don't like how everyone cues him as like, oh, he wouldn't be that great if he didn't play with Crosby. Me too. But Crosby handpicks that guy. Like, he knows he's that good and he can play with him. I agree like, with there's, you. There's a testament that to be able to play with Crosby, like, he needs his, his right guys and Gensel's that guy. Like, he, he sees the game so well. And every time, like, you know, he just has a stick on the ice half the time and it goes in that. But he's there. He knows exactly where to go. So I give him a lot of credit. And he takes some flack for being, you know, Crosby's little shadow. But he d he does a good job. It's not easy but, to play with Sid, right? Like you said, like, I mean, not everybody could do it and keep up with him and read yeah. his mind like Gensel does. They, they're, they're, uh, their chemistry is really good. 
No doubt about it. It certainly is. And you're right. Uh, we'll see how Malkin does centering that top line tonight. Crosby obviously out. All right. Game six, Florida and Washington. We've got Florida minus 165. Road favorites, six and a half the total in this one. Uh, so Florida, I, that game five, I said it uh, earlier on the other show I was on. Weird. Weird game five where Washington is just dominating early. And they're up 3 nothing. Uh, they played a terrific defensive game on the road. Uh, they really didn't feed Florida's transition game. They didn't give up any odd man rushes or rush chances. They kept all of that in check, and it looked like a totally different Florida team the second half. They got the rush chances going. Washington started turning the puck over again, and that was an issue, and it fed Florida's uh, lethal offense, and Peter Laviolette said that after the loss. It's like we second half of the game, we thought the game was over at 3 nothing, and we stopped defending the way we did early in the game, and Florida made them pay. Five unanswered uh, to win 5-3 in game five. So part of me thinks Florida's ready to take over and win this series and end it tonight. But then there's part of me that says, wait a minute, this is the Washington Capitals at home with the Stanley Cup winning experience that they have from a few years ago. Think of all the players that won a cup there a few years ago with Washington that are still there. Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Oshie, Backstrom, John Carlson uh, on the blue line, among others. Uh, this is a team that, you know, is not going to go down without a fight, in my opinion, on home ice tonight. And then to make matters worse, look, Florida in Washington lost 6-1 to one in Game 3. They got pounded in Washington. And then in Game 4, they should have lost that game. They were less than two minutes from losing that hockey game. They tied it late, and then they won it in overtime, 3-2. Uh, so that's concerning. I mean, Florida hasn't played great in Washington in this series, in my opinion. And then you add on to the fact Marchment's still out. And now breaking news, and this is really, really unfortunate, Carter Verhage may not play tonight for the Florida Panthers. Game time decision. He has been, it's not even an argument. He has been the best forward for the Florida Panthers in this. It's not even close. He has been that dynamic, five goals, 10 points, in five games in this series, he's been outstanding defensively away from the puck as well. If he doesn't go tonight, that is a massive blow for the Florida Panthers here in game six tonight. I like Washington. I'm on the first period full game money line tonight. I think Washington comes out strong early uh, at uh, plus 130 or so. I got the first period money line and I'm going to go with the full game money line. I think it's going seven. Uh, and I think Florida probably is going to win game seven especially if Verhage's back by then, assuming he doesn't play tonight, which he still could. But, man, this is uh, – I think Washington's got a good game in them. And we've seen already in this series, Florida's had a tough time in this building. They barely won game four. Maybe they shouldn't have, and they got creamed in game three uh, in this building. So I like, I'm going to trust Washington to rise up, backs against the wall, and force game seven tonight. Uh, Ray, uh, we'll start with you here. What do you think, Florida-Washington? Yeah, I mean – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to contradict you there. I, I think Florida's got it in them. I, if you're a game-time decision in the Stanley Cup playoffs, chance to close it out. I think I think the trainers are going to give you what you need. Uh, I remember Chara played with a broken jaw a couple years ago. You could His pupils are the size of a pencil tip. I think he was shot up with so much stuff. So I think they're going to give him what he needs. Um, I, I think he'll play. And I think those young guys, they're going to play for those old guys, Giroux, Jumbo, those guys that want a cup so bad and, and done well. Um, I think Hubert will step up big tonight. So uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with Florida here, and hopefully they'll close it out and get a win, um, you know, for their faithful that, that deserve one. Good stuff. Andrew, you've got to run, um, it looks like. Um, right? You've only got a couple minutes, right, Andrew? Yeah, so look, I, I'll say I'll let this. let's talk about this game in Dallas-Calgary and best bet, yeah. I'll keep it I'll keep it short and sweet. Look, I, I look at this series, and 
it's just blown opportunities for the Washington Capitals in back-to-back games. And we haven't even seen the best from the Florida Panthers yet. You know, as much as we were kind of going after them early in the series, I think adversity is good for a hockey club to face, especially in the first round. And, you know, that Barkov line hasn't even been at its best. Talk about Verhegi, the way he's played. It's almost a good thing, the way the series is kind of unraveled. I think it's, you know, I, as much as Colorado is a dangerous team and everyone's so high on them, I think it would have been, would have been a bad thing if, if, you know, Florida won this in five or four. I think it's almost a good thing they're facing this adversity. But I don't think Washington will get the lead again and, and you know, choke it away. I think Florida gets the lead and holds on to it. I think Florida puck line is the way to go. Elimination game. I don't think we're going to see either team win by one goal. I think if they win, they'll win by two. Uh, as far as Dallas Calgary, look, guys, it's a uh, it's a tough series to handicap here. My one bet I'm going to give out for this game is actually first period under 1.5. We talk about the third period overs and the full game overs. I feel like this game could open up, but it won't open up until the second frame. So give me the under one and a half first period, and that will be my best bet on the show. All right, Calgary, Dallas, under one and a half. Best bet, best bets, of course, coming up in just a bit with Ray, Alex, and I will give our best bets. But Andrew's got a roll. We'll see you, Andrew. Have a good see one. Yeah, Ray, good to meet you, man. Nice to meet you. Take care. All right, there he is, Andrew McGinnis uh, with us. Uh, we lost Alex. Alex will pop back in because he's got to give us his thoughts. Yeah, Perfect right. timing, Alex. What do you no think? No idea how I got knocked out of, of literally everything on there. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, the point I wanted to make about the and, and I had a serious play on Florida to sweep. I'm stunned that, that Washington's still hanging around it. And you made a good point about Washington having, you know, a lot of the, the old stalwarts that were there from when they won the Stanley Cup and all the playoffs experience they had. The one difference between Washington as opposed to a team like Pittsburgh or a team like Boston, even though they did win a cup, that they had a lot of losses and they had a lot of inconsistency, even amongst that, that, that year they were kind of up and down and different changes. Their winning pedigree is a little bit different, and that's why I didn't trust them to really kind of hang around this series, especially the way they got bounced last postseason. Uh, and Florida's still kind of growing into this role of being a top-tier team in the Eastern Conference, uh, a team that's favorite to, to win it all. And, you know, sometimes that can work against you as well. So I think those kind of – those angles neutralize each other out in this series, which is why it's going six games and a possible seventh. Uh, you know, and the biggest thing, too, is – with the third period over, uh, you know, this is a number that's moved from two to two and a half. And somebody was asking about what's the best option to bet third period over or highest scoring period being the third period or looking at live over. So with those, those three kind of things, I mean, there's more than one way to cook a fish and there's more than one way to get to this betting scenario. The thing is with this game in particular, because these are two higher scoring teams, and obviously it reflects in the total six and a half or even seeing sevens. I would maybe look at taking this being a higher, uh, highest scoring period being the third, as opposed to looking at, say, uh, the third period over laying that extra half a goal, uh, or even looking at, you know, a live over because, you know, you might have six goals already scored before the third period starts. So you're looking at an eight and a half or even a nine and a half for that, that live game total. So you have to kind of look at the matchups to determine which where, you know, I'll talk about Dallas Calgary, obviously live over may not be the, the best thing to get them unless it's, you know, 10 minutes left in the third, because we could be seeing a scoreless or a one, one game. So the, the pace of play dictates which of those three options you want to have. And obviously if you like uh, the third period over at a two, you want to try to get that as early as possible because that line is going to move and possibly that number move up a half a goal. So that's my betting angle for that. But as far as what I think is going to happen here, I do think Florida is going to take care of business. 
Verhage being out would be a huge loss because he's been, like I said, a, a, an absolute stud in the series. But they have a lot of other guys that can really kind of step up and close things out. Uh, and, and like I said, this is what, you know, if they're going to be one of these teams to hang around and be a top tier team, you have to have what I call the killer instinct. You have to be the yep. closeout series. And, and Washington's a team that, you know, they've been not the, you've been a pretty easy team to close out despite the fact that they've, you know, won many series over the last decade. We've seen them kind of fall flat uh, when they get down in, in, the, in these spots. So being at home is going to help them. Uh, I feel like it's going to be a bit of a back-and-forth game, but I think Florida's offense is really going to kind of prevail and shine late here. So uh, I would look for a, a highest-scoring period to be the third. That's plus 125 over a, a couple of shops. Uh, that would be my recommendation. I, I haven't made that official yet, but that's the recommendation I'm looking for right now. Probably we'll have a little bit more in-game uh, right. wagering with this one as opposed to looking for something pregame. There we go. Great stuff. So you're all against me uh, here on this one. We got three Floridas, and I'm the only one waving the flag for the Washington uh, Capitals here uh, in this one. That's okay. It's, it's, it's very uh, Florida. We're going to find out a lot about them, especially if Verhage doesn't play. Do you have the mental fortitude, go on the road, win a closeout game, win a clinching game. Let's see if they've got that in them tonight, Florida. Uh, player props, Duclair interests me for Florida because he's going to be on the top line, it looks like, tonight. Uh, and we'll probably get the puck more if Verhage doesn't play. Barkov's probably going to dish the puck more to Duclair if that's the case. So Anthony Duclair for props, goal score prop, collect a point, shots on goal. Uh, those are definitely props that interest me for uh, Washington. I'd stick with Oshie. TJ Oshie's red hot in this series. Uh, just keep going to the well with him. And Connor Sheary, Peter Laviolette's putting him back on the top line tonight. And again, we got a player moving up the lineup. Sheary is going to be with Kuznetsov and Ovechkin on the top line. So Connor Sheary props, I think will have value tonight uh, for the Washington Capitals as well uh, in this game. All right, let's get to our final game here. Oh, by the end of the third period over. I am on that officially as well. Over two and a half uh, plus 110. All right, we've got Calgary and Dallas. Game six, Western Conference. Calgary minus 160 road favorites. Five and a half the total uh, in this game. I'm on Calgary in regulation. I am. Small bet. Because I do think Dallas is going to battle. They are at home. It's you know a lot of close games in this series. This is probably going to be another one. But I think the more we see this series go, Calgary is starting to finally flex their superiority. You know that I think they're better than Dallas. They've gotten stronger. Uh, they've gotten better uh, as this series has progressed. Uh, and I think you're going to end up seeing that here tonight uh, in this game. Dallas. Let's be honest. A couple of these games, Jake Ottinger saved their bacon. Uh, they just defended, defended, defended. I want Dallas the hell the fuck out of the playoffs. I mean, I have made no bones about it on Twitter. I hate this team's style of play. They get one goal and they park the bus. They don't even go for a second goal. When they were up one nothing in game two, they didn't even go after a second damn goal. They just said, you know what? One is going to be enough. We're going to try to nurse this thing home to the end and hope to win one nothing. Uh, they don't even press for that second goal. Same thing in game five, the last game. But it didn't work this time. It blew up in their face. They tried to hold on to that one nothing lead in Game 5. But finally, Calgary broke through. A beautiful play. You know, I think it was Backlund that set it up. Or Backlund scored the goal, but a beautiful play on a redirection to tie the game. Andrew Mangiapane, finally, he listened to me. He listened to me. I, 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 I ridiculed him last week on this show. I said, it's wonderful to score a million goals in October and November. Can I get one in May? Can I get one in May from you, Andrew Mangiapane? And he did. He, he stepped up. He got the big 2-1 goal in Game 5, and they ended up putting it away with the empty netter. 
I think Dallas, too, all the effort they've expended to defend, 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 and all the pucks that Jake Ottinger has faced now the last few games in this series. Remember, he faced 51 shots a couple games ago. You know, you think that kind of workload is going to impact him negatively at some point. So I'm going to go with Calgary and regulation here tonight to finish this thing off. And I'm also going to, and even though this is the one series where it's scary to do this, it's still an elimination game. And I'm still going to go to the well with it. Third period over here, over two plus 105 uh, with Calgary and Dallas here. And look, the last few games, guys, in the third periods, we saw four goals in a third period, three goals in a third period, and two. You know, so we've started to see more, more third period goals the last few games in this series. So it makes me feel better about betting this playoff elimination game third period over tonight uh, between the Flames and Stars. Ray, what do you think here? Calgary, Dallas. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Calgary here. I, I think, you know, if it does go back to game seven, I actually think Dallas has a pretty good shot at winning game seven, but we're still at game six. I think they're just going to finish them off. Like you said, the wear and tear on, on Ottinger is probably getting to them. Um, they just too much defensive hockey. Your body starts to hurt after you're playing that much defensive hockey. And, and those guys I'm sure are tired and, and Calgary, I, I still think they haven't exploded like they were going to. Um, and maybe Ottinger's just been that good and their D has been, and maybe that's been Dallas's plan. And if Dallas can hold that down tonight and take it to game seven, then I think they can do it again. But I just think there's too much firepower into Foley and Goudreau and, and Mangiapane and up front. It's just too good. Um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Calgary here. And not to mention, of course, uh, uh, Elias Lindholm continues to be great as well. He's had a great season, very good series as well. Uh, you, are, no player props, Ray, for you in this game, right? No. No. That's, that's probably a good game to stay away from player yeah, props. It's been like 2 1, 1 nothing in game one. You never know. But yeah. And by the way, in terms of player props in this game, I do like Mangiapani. Again, they moved him up to the second line. Remember, he got banished to the fourth line a couple games ago by Daryl Sutter. Say, we need more from you. They put him back to the second line last game he scores. So I'm going to try to ride the hot hand there. Mangiapane, one more time for goal score and points prop tonight uh, for the Flames. Alex, what do you think here, Calgary-Dallas? You know, if, if you've been one of these people who've been kind of, you know, complaining about how there's not that much defense in the NHL anymore and you know, everything's just super high scoring, this series – has uh, definitely been the one for you, obviously. This yeah. has been a, a, a dreadful series for me to watch, and I think mo a lot of us to watch. And it's, like I said, related to Dallas. I and mean, not just Dallas. I mean, Calgary, too. I mean, Sutter, you know, he he relishes in playing 2-1 games. That goes yep. back to his days, not just L.A., but, hell, even in the 90s with, with the Hawks. Uh, that's just, you know, he's the, these are old-school types of, of hockey games, and it's just the way these two teams play. The thing is Calgary can morph and play a, a higher tempo style when needed. And I think in this spot here, we do see their offense get rolling. So I'm kind of combining the two plays you have, Ian. I'm going with Calgary on the puck line, uh, laying one and a half plus 165. I do think we'll see the scoring come late. Uh, I think we'll see Calgary get an empty net goal, hoping for that. It hasn't been easy the last few years, but uh, we're hoping for that to happen as part of the, the third period uh, over. But like I said, two at, at plus 105, I, I wouldn't talk anyone out of that. I'd like to get a better plus price because of how these two teams score. Uh, so maybe I'd jump in if it goes, you know, plus 110, plus 115. But with that puck line, I kind of, I feel like that has me kind of covered. I think we can see Calgary up 2-1 late, and then Dallas pulls the pulls the net a bit early. Uh, and like I said, it just there hasn't been much really, you know, to grow with from Dallas 
And that's that style of play just doesn't carry you along in this new NHL, even in the postseason. You have to have that urgency and you have to be able to, because you know, it's a series. And that's the thing you're, you're building upon, you know, your wins. And, and I always talk about this later on in the playoffs where, you know, you almost start breaking things down period by period. What you do in the third period of a, of a win can translate over into the first period of that next game. You can yep. keep that domination going. Vice versa, if you had a bad second or third period, you want to try it and get back on the right foot that first period of that next game. So that, which kind of, if you've been tracking with what I did, especially last night with Toronto, first period, that's kind of the the idea I've had with betting some of these games. And I'll do that a little bit more in the second and third rounds. I like to look at what happened at the end of a certain game and, and say, okay, that should be a talking point, a driving point for that team that lost in that first period the next game or if that team really came on strong and, and did something big and, and was able to take over the game and win in the third period, keep that momentum rolling, and, and their team to look at for the next game in the first. So that's the kind of way I approach Calgary for sure. And uh, like I said, I think they, they should be able to, to get their offense rolling, dictate the pace early, play their temporal hockey, uh, and win this game by margin. So I like the Flames and the puck line. Flames puck line and maybe first period sounds like Alex interested in that as well because the big third period they had to turn that game from one nothing Dallas to three one Calgary victory and maybe you know keep that momentum rolling into the first period of game six tonight uh, in on the road here in Dallas there is one player prop I like for Dallas and it's the only guy I can count on in a big spot with his team facing ba- uh, elimination backs against the wall Joe Pavelski for the Dallas Stars all he does is score big goals for you. And he's going to have a hell of a game. Win or lose, this guy's showing up. He's putting his big boy pants on. I don't think Jamie Benn will. I don't think Tyler Sagan will. Those two guys, I can't trust them worth a shit, you know, to, 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 to be big time for me in a big spot. Uh, that's just not going to be something I'm going to hang my hat on and count on a game in and game out. But with Joe Pavelski, I can. Uh, that guy does bring it in the biggest games. And you watch him tonight. Win or lose, he's making an impact. He's going to have shots on goal. He's going to have chances. He's going to have a chance to get a point. He's maybe going to score a big goal for them because that's what he does, and that's what he's done in his whole career. Years in the playoffs, going way back to when he was with San Jose, how many big goals he scored for them in the playoffs for many years. So that's an easy one for me in a game like this. Who's going to show up for me for Dallas to try to save my season? Joe Pavelski's the one guy that I'm going to rely on uh, for the Dallas Stars. No question about that. All right, great stuff uh, with uh, Ray Bryce, our special guest, did an amazing job. Incredibly, it's like me, energetic. I love it. Uh, Alex, uh, great stuff from you as well. Andrew as well, great show. Uh, we'll wrap up the show in just a second with uh, Best Bets uh, to wrap it up. First, we want to mention, of course, DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL team, get $150 in free bets if they win. If DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state, you can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 years of age or older, must reside in a DraftKings Sportsbook state, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings app, sign up for an account use the promo code thpn all right great show best bets to wrap it up alex what do you like for best bet get the unmute going that yeah i'm going with the pittsburgh penguins uh i said plus 105 you can find it as high as the plus a dollar 10 
the next man up mentality has been the mantra for this organization for well over a decade now. Missing Sidney Crosby, like I said, it makes more of an impact when you lose him in the middle of the game than you do beforehand. Guys like Brian Russ, guys like Jeff Carter, guys, you know, those guys have to step up and play big. Evgeny Malkin, uh, Louis Domingue, you know, for a third string goalie. And keep in mind, this guy's been around uh, in the AHL and the NHL for years. He really hasn't had the, the, you know, most of a chance to even step up in a big spot like this uh, throughout his career, but he's doing it well. And, and, you know, everybody, you know, raved about him coming in and the whole, you know, spicy pork and, uh, and uh, broccoli story and everything. And he's been kind of writing that and, and he's been playing well. Uh, and I think this is a collective team effort and, and the Rangers just haven't been able to kind of have that killer instinct to stay alive the way that Pittsburgh has been able to put away teams over the years. We'll see that in form tonight. I like the Penguins as my best bet plus a dollar five. Pittsburgh Penguins there, plus uh, 105, plus 110 you can get in some spots now with Pittsburgh. So that's Alex B. Smith's best bet for this Friday card. All right, first time on the show on the ice, guys, for our guest, Ray Bryce. Here you go, Ray. Pressure's on. What do you like? Uh, I'm going to go Florida Panthers. I see it on Barstool for minus 1.5 at plus 128. Uh, I I think if it does come down to the wire, I think Florida's ahead. Uh, Washington pulls their goal and get an empty netter there. Uh, if that doesn't happen, I think Washington scores, you know, enough goals to run away with it early and, and, and closes the series out. So that's my best bet. All right, there you go. Florida Panthers puck line for uh, Ray with his uh, best bet. You can find that uh, minus one and a half plus 140 uh, with the uh, Panthers on the puck line. And my best bet for this Friday card, uh, I'm going to end up going with, I'm going to go with one of these third period overs tonight. Uh, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And I'm going to go with the one between uh Rangers and Pittsburgh. I'm going to go with that. Over to third period uh, at minus 155 is what I got with that. Rangers-Pittsburgh over to minus 155, third period for me uh, for best bet. And I'm on the third period over in every game tonight, uh, just like I was last night. And it went 2-1-1 one, and one, uh, in the four games last if night. If you want to parlay that, it's, I think it's 6-1 to one is what the pay is out at uh, BetMGM. Exactly. Of course, the uh, Leafs game uh, blew that opportunity last night, but uh, two with the one loss. But it's worth a shot because, again, we expect in an elimination game, everybody to throw everything they can out there uh, in the third period. So still, I think the parlay worth a couple of bucks, you know, if you want to parlay the third period overs uh, in all three games tonight. All right. This was a hell of a show. Great stuff. Uh, Alex, Andrew, and our special guest, Ray Bryce. Uh, everybody in the chat, hit the like button. Make sure you do that on the way out. We appreciate it. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, Andrew McGinnis, and our guest, Ray Bryce, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Friday. Enjoy the games and good luck, and we will talk to you again tomorrow on Saturday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.